Lord, it seems impossible that we would care for or prove yourself to be God in our lives. Lord, we have faith this morning. And God, if some of us don't have faith this morning, it's okay. It's okay. Lord, I pray that as Herod speaks the message, that we'll be gaining in wisdom and understanding, Lord, that we would know that you are God. You are alive in this place today and in this morning. And Lord, you are faithful. You are faithful. Let us have a testimony on that growth point. Let us live our testimony of Jesus this morning and his faithfulness. Amen. Jesus said, everybody said, come on, church. Amen. Amen. He's good. You go ahead and be seated. So again, doing things a little bit differently. Uh, we're going to have the ushers come forward for the morning offering. Thank you, sir. Beautiful. And as we come forward, just uh, a couple things. First of all, this is uh, something that we do as a church family. So if you're a, a member or a regular tender, um, of course, you're welcome to give. And we appreciate you guys giving and, and how God's blessed our church because of you. We, and what we do with that is that we pool that money together, as it were, so we can do things like this, but we can also reach out to the community like we did yesterday as we were at the uh, fall festival and being able to interact with the community, inviting people to church, talking to them about the Lord. Uh, I know several of our people had some good conversations with people and appreciate all those that were out there uh, helping with that. Um, just a few announcements before the guys go around. Uh, if this is your first time with us, we want, again, a special welcome to you. I'm glad that you're here. See some new faces this morning. And... Um, if you just fill out a welcome card and put that in the offering plate, that would be great. If it is your first time, again, we, we don't want you to feel any pressure to give. We've got one more big event happening, but it's just for the ladies, guys, sorry. Um, unless you want to come to serve, I guess. But um, So this coming Friday, we have uh, the ladies' spa night. And they're also um, going to be supporting a ministry called The Daughter Project, which is uh, human trafficking and supporting them and helping getting women uh, and others out of, out of human trafficking. So that's happening this Friday, and you can talk to the information center. The ladies there have all the information if you want to be a part of that. Um, FUSE, our middle school and high school, they meet tonight at 5 o'clock, and I, they're, they're actually saying keep the bounce house up. So I said, that's fine as long as you guys put it back in the trailer for me. So those things are heavy, by the way. Uh, I was muscling it around by myself the other day, so... That's why I'm not walking very well this morning, so forgive me. Um, and then also, Operation Christmas Child. We put it up here in front, and a great way to get the gospel out to uh, kids around the world. And so I appreciate Kim Belcher getting it all ready and coordinating that for us. So uh, if you want information, it's there. We'll have more information next week, but you can grab a box and um, send that out as we do that coming in November. So anyway, a lot of stuff there. Let me go ahead and pray. The guys will talk, take the offering. As they're taking the offering, I'm going to go right into my message because I know you guys want to eat and play some games. So um, I'm here for you. Let me pray. Lord, we want to thank you for today, and we thank you for the opportunity to worship you. Thank you for each person that's here and, um, and this building that you've given us as a, as a tool, as a, something we can use in order to share with people who Jesus Christ is and and what he means for them, and what he desires to do in and through their lives. And so, Lord, uh, as we take this offering, I pray that um, you would use that, give us wisdom and discernment as we use it to see people come to Christ, help them grow in their faith. Bless the rest of the time we have this morning as well, in Christ's name.
So we're in a, a series called Epic, God's Saga Through Time. And what I want to do this morning is uh, just kind of give you an overview of what we're attempting to do with the series. It's a little bit longer than we would normally do, um, but I know we have some new faces today and want to encourage you to come back next week. We're gonna, we've already talked about a couple of different guys. We talked about Noah, we talked about Abraham, we're going to talk about Moses uh, next week. But, uh, and some of you haven't, you know, maybe we're gone last week or the week before. So I just want to kind of give you an overview of what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, we're, we're trying to connect the people of the Old Testament, some of the major players in the Old Testament with Jesus Christ. How does that all go together? And why are we doing that? I'm just going to give you three reasons, real quick reasons why we're doing that. First of all, we want to understand who God is. I don't know if you've ever had, had this happen to you. I know it's happened to me. But have you ever had somebody share misinformation about you to somebody else? Or maybe it was true information, but the context wasn't quite right. I, I've had it happen to me. You, maybe you've had it happen to you. God has it happen to him all the time. <laughs> the number of people that I've talked to who have said stuff like this to me, like, well, the God of the Old Testament is not the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament, he's a God of wrath. He's a God of justice. One guy told me, the Old Testament God, he's a bloody God, because there's a lot of judgment going on. What I tried to explain to him was, you know, first of all, it wasn't like every single day God was wiping nations out, okay? It was happening over a period of time, but there's a purpose for that and a reason for that. And then he would say, well, the God of the New Testament, Jesus, he's a God of love. And as long as you love, you know, you can do anything you want, and it's just, you know, it's all about love is... And so there's these two different gods, and people talk about these two different gods. What we want to do, one of the things is we want to show that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And God is a God of wrath. He's a God of justice. He's a God who says there is right and the wrong, and, I, and I'm going to discipline, I'm going to judge the wrong. And for most of us, I think, maybe all of us, we like that idea, right? We like when justice is served. If somebody does something against us, I've used this illustration before, if somebody cuts us off driving, and later on down the road we see them pulled over, we're all like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what happens. Yeah, you cut me off, God will make sure you get judged. You know, cop pulls them over, we're all excited about that. When we're the one who cuts somebody off, and we're the one on the side of the road by a police officer, we're all like, eh, you know, hey, wasn't that big of an offense? You don't need to really give me a ticket, do you? I have a bunch of reasons why. So we like the idea of justice. We just don't like the idea of justice when it comes to us. But God is a God of justice. God is a God who's going to deal with the wrongs that men and women do. And like I said, most of the time we like that idea, that that's a good thing to have happen, just not necessarily... Maybe for us. And that, that's what some people would call the bad news, that God deals with sin. God deals with people who have gone against his will, what he desires. And, and then there's a punishment for that. There's a, there's a separation from God. There's an eternal separation from God in a place that Scripture calls hell that was originally designed for, for Satan and his demons. But those who disobey God, those who desire to be their own God, um, there's a, there's a judgment for that. And that's the bad news. The good news is this. And that's the second point. 
We, we want to understand what God is doing in the Bible. What God is doing throughout the entire Bible is to show us from Genesis all the, way to, all the way to the Revelation that God is a God also of love. He's going to judge sin. He's going to judge disobedience. But he's also a God of love. He's a God who is going to do whatever it takes, even if it takes him having pain, in order to restore that relationship, to remove that sin out of the way, to restore the relationship with God the Father, and for us then to not only have God in our lives now, but as we go into eternity, to spend eternity with Him. And so we looked at some things along those lines. Actually, a, a, a previous series that we did, we looked at Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And in chapters 1 and 2, we learned a lot about who God was, the fact that He was a personal God, that He was a God who created man differently than all the other animals on the earth, and that was he created us with personality. He created us with attributes of personhood. In other words, we can think, we can rationalize, uh, we, can, we have emotions, and we can choose. And that's kind of the biggest thing. Because God's a God of, of love, he's not going to force himself on mankind. Again, we've talked about this, that if, if God were to force himself on mankind, then that's, that's abusive. <laughs> that's that's almost like a slave situation in a negative way. Or if he created us as robots, well, that's not much of a relationship at all. And so he creates us with personhood, with the ability to choose, and he gives man the ability to choose whether they're going to have a relationship with him or not have a relationship with him. Because that's how a relationship really connects. And so he makes us in his image, Scripture says, and that's what Genesis 1 and 2 we're talking about. In Genesis 3... He gives us a promise. Adam and Eve decide to do life their own way. Adam and Eve decide, we're going to determine for ourselves what's right and wrong. In other words, we're going to be the God of our lives. We don't need God. We're going to go ahead and do it. At that point, sin enters the world. Sin enters into mankind, penetrates into all of nature, separates mankind from God. Man will die physically. Man has died spiritually. will spend eternity in hell. But in that time where God is telling, for instance, the serpent what's going to happen to him in the future, he says that out of the woman, Eve, will come an offspring, and that offspring will crush the head of Satan, will defeat Satan, and with that, defeat sin. And so we get this promise back in Genesis uh, 3, the garden, but then as we learned last week, as we talked about Abraham, two other things God does as he's moving this, this mission of restoring a relationship with mankind, as he's moving that along, he says two key things to Abraham that we looked at. He said a lot of good things to Abraham, but we looked at two key things. He said, number one, I'm going to make out of you a great nation. And we understand, as we talked about last week, that great nation is the nation of Israel. And we know that Jesus Christ came from Israel, and that's that's what the rest of the Old Testament is really all about, the development of this nation. And out of this nation comes the one who's going to, Genesis 3, crush Satan, defeat sin, restore that relationship with God. But the other key thing that we looked at that God did with Abraham was that he defines, way before any Mosaic law, law of Moses, any, before any law was ever put into place, religious law, 
was put into place. He defines for us what salvation is, what being right with God looks like. And we looked, about, looked at it last week, it's Genesis 15, where God repeats the promise of making him a great nation, and out of him one would bless the nations. And that blessing of the nation, we found out from Hebrews in the New Testament that Abraham must have known about this idea of somebody coming in the future to die for mankind. He placed his faith. He said, it says that he believed in God, he believed in the Lord, and the Lord counted that as righteousness. And what that means is, God says, Abraham, because you believe that I'm going to do something in the future, I'm going to restore my relation with mankind in the future, because you believe that, I say you are right with me. We are in relationship. And so that idea of relationship with God is found by believing in the Lord is found throughout the rest of the Old Testament. And so then the third thing that we're attempting to do here is that we want to understand how does that impact us today. You see, what happened in the first century, a lot of the Jewish people back then were confused as to understanding what it, how do you become right with God? How do you know you're going to go to heaven one day? And so for Israel, they didn't get the whole thing that they're the father of the nation, Abraham, that that God had given him the definition of salvation, they were saying, oh, there's a bunch of religious things that we should do. And if we do those religious things, then we can make sure that we are right with God. And Paul says in Galatians, he talks a lot about it in the New Testament, that Israel was mistaken, <laughs> that the religious stuff that God put together was not for them to find salvation in that, but for, them, for it to be a tutor to teach them about this one who would come, in their case, would come, but has, in our case, has already come, and that's Jesus Christ. So you have Genesis 3. Someone's going to come and crush the head of Satan. You have Genesis 12 and 15. There's going to be one who comes who blesses the nation. And we understand that the one he is, he is talking about is Jesus Christ. And that Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he crushed Satan's head. He defeated sin. He was the one who came, and when he died on the cross, he blessed all nations, because now all nations, people in those nations, individuals, could have a relationship with God that they didn't previously have. And it's not based on religious stuff. It's not based on religious do's and don'ts. It's not based on the things that we do or don't do. It's based solely on what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And so what happened back in Genesis 3 had impact when Jesus Christ came. He was the fulfillment of that. And it has impact for us today in that we look back at Jesus Christ and we understand that he is the one that God was promising. He's the one crushing Satan's head. He's the one that's going to bless the nations. Abraham was saved by looking forward to that. We are saved by looking back at that. We're, we are made right with God when we, like Abram, say... I believe in you. I believe that what you say you, you've done in this case is what needs to be done for me to be right with you. So that's what this whole series is about. The, the, the series is saying, okay, so like next week we're going to look at Moses. And how did Moses, how did God use Moses to move that mission of Jesus Christ? And we're going to look at several others. 
Um, we'll look at Joshua and, and Isaiah and some of the prophets and that type of thing. But that's what we're attempting to do. So what I want to do is encourage you, come on back next week, invite friends, uh, people who may not be understanding how the Bibles fit together, and have them come back, and, and we're going to try to wrestle through that and get that understanding of what God is doing in and through the Old Testament to Jesus Christ, and then how does that impact us today. Sound like a plan? Sound good? How long was I? Less than 15, what, 12? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'll just stand up here for three more minutes until we. No, I'm just kidding. Who just moaned? Who moaned? Bill, come on now. Bill might be on a little medicine. He had his hip replaced. So be, gent be gentle with him today. He's a little gimpy. Well, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to close in prayer. And we'll also pray for the food. That way there's no, what do we do, what do we do? We'll go eat. Exactly right. So, so let me go ahead and pray. And uh, then we can be dismissed. And the food's in the quad. There's games already set up. So if you want to do a little uh, cornhole tossing, you can do that actually inside. The weather outside looks pretty good. Do we got the bocce ball? All right, there's bocce ball. Anybody play bocce ball? What? All right, a couple of you? Okay, all right. So bocce ball, you can do that outside. It looks pretty nice outside. And then we're going to go ahead. I don't know who's doing it. Hagen, maybe somebody. We're going to get this thing blown up. So you may want to watch this thing actually go up. It'll be kind of fun to watch. Hopefully it didn't get moved. But let me go ahead and pray. And then you can go get some food, hang out, and uh, get to you know, meet some people, play some games, enjoy yourself. And um, we'll just have a good rest of the time. Let me go ahead and pray. Lord, again, we want to thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we had to just again, kind of do a taste of Grace Point and kind of what we're all about. And, and Lord, as you know, that's what our, our desire really is. We want people to know the truth about who you are, that you're not a God of simply judgment. I mean, there will be that. And that's the bad news, that sin has to be dealt with. You're a holy and, and righteous God. And, and really, when we think about it, we want a God like that. But you're also a God of love and a God who's willing to take the pain that we would have taken in hell, to take that upon yourself, Jesus Christ, dying an eternal death for mankind. And if we just simply believe that as an individual, if I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, you say that my sins are forgiven. And not only that, but then you adopt me into your family and, and you make me your own and You'll take me through this life and then into the next. And Lord, I just pray that there's anybody here this morning who hasn't made that decision or maybe confused about that and what that means. Lord, that they would find out more information, talk to me, talk to somebody who brought them. But that they would know the truth of who you are, that you love them. You're not going to force yourself on them, but you love them. You've died for them to restore that relationship and to be their heavenly father, their good father help them through this life, and to take them to heaven one day. And Lord, as we just spend time just fellowshipping and having fun together, I pray that you'd bless that as well. I pray that it just be safety and, and just a good time of worshiping you through fellowshipping together. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for all you've done for us. We thank you for each person that's here this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We'll go ahead and stand, and like I said, just kind of mill around. Let's get this baby 
up and then you can jump in there all you want. <laughs>